Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Turn your Bibles with me today, if you would. I'm going to read a couple different scriptures, but turn your Bibles today, if you would. I'm going to first read from 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 3, and then we're going to look at one of the supermen of the Bible after we do that. Uh, I'm excited about this series, and I just want to set it up for a moment before I, I, I read scripture. When you hear me talking about supermen, uh, I, I'm talking about dudes in the church, all right? And so sometimes I might say supermen, sometimes I might say real men. And uh, this last week, I read so many articles from pastors, from church leaders, uh, both men and women, asking, where are all of the real men? And, uh, and so for our series, we might call them real men, we might call them super men. And today, I want to begin to try to answer that question, where are the super men at in today's culture, in today's society? Um, as we go through the Superman series, we're going to look at several different things. So I want to ask you, if you do happen to miss a Sunday, go back and catch it on, online. Check out the podcast. Um, but there's, there's several things that we're going to look at through the next several weeks that supermen do. But today we're going to focus mainly on uh, uh, what has happened to supermen. What has happened to supermen? It doesn't take, you know, very long maybe just to flip on the TV and glance and see what media or Hollywood has to say about men, right? I mean, you turn on a TV show, a sitcom. I mean, I'm going to, you know, I dated myself with the phone booth. Yes, I've actually used one of these, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Um, but, you know, you go all the way back to when I was growing up and shows like, I mean, this is going to be an ancient one. Maybe you've never heard of it, but something like Married with Children, right? And, well, somebody's cheering for that one. And, uh, and the way they make the dad look, right? If you go back and you look at all these sitcoms and you look at the way they make the dad look and, the, and, how, and, and it you know, kind of progresses on. And I, remember, I don't remember the name of the show, but there was another one where I believe he was, uh, he was a postman or something like that. And he's this really overweight, funny guy. Um, but then he has this hot little skinny wife, right? And you look at all of these shows over and over again, and it really, it really downplays the male figure in the family and the male figure in society, but yet it, it overplays this, this, you know, woman figure. And uh, I don't see that in the Bible. Okay, what I see in the Bible is men knew, who knew how to fight for their families, okay? Um, they were, they were, I'm sure they were probably rugged. What happened to the rugged men, right? Okay, I, like I love like Jonathan Collins over here, man. I tried to do his workouts for about four weeks and I about died. And this guy does like seven of them a day. And I'm just like, you're a real man. So when I'm talking about Superman, just get an image of Jonathan Collins over here, right? But, you know, and we come into this, you know, probably in the late 80s, maybe sometime in the 90s, come into this metrosexual movement, right? Which, listen to me, I'm sure all the ladies appreciate a man that doesn't have a unibrow, Right? Okay, I get that. You know, pick up a razor, give yourself two brows rather than one, okay? I think that's good. I'm sure that all the ladies appreciate a man that knows how to groom himself, okay? Uh, that knows how to take care of himself and, and, and dress, you know, somewhat color-coordinated, all right? Um, but there has been a movement away from what real men and men that we see in the Bible to something that I believe uh, isn't even really godly. And so over the course of, of the next several weeks, this is what I really want to do. Uh, because uh, I know, you know, now that you know there's a phone booth, how many of you guys have ever remember the old show Superman, right? And Superman, he was Clark Kent, right? The glasses on, okay? And, you know, kind of acted like he was a little bit, like, you know, awkward. But the minute he would step into that phone booth, right? You remember the old ones, right? How in the world you change in something like this with privacy, I don't know, okay? But somehow, hey, this is where the music's supposed to play, Remember? 
We had it all worked out. Did we? Okay, they'll work it out. Only when I step in, though, not when I step out, okay? Because I'm Clark Kent out here, but when I'm in here, okay? And so th- this is what I really want to do over the next couple weeks of this series, is what I want to do is I want to take the men, if we can, into, if you will, a phone booth, and I want us to come out, and yes, I got a cape and everything, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. And I probably won't put it on, but maybe I will. How can I not put it on? Are you kidding me? I might have to have a wardrobe person up here. Yep, we're going to need one. Oh, there you go. And he would come in, Clark can't write, but then he would leave. And... Right? And then when he would come out, he was Superman. Da-da-da! Right? Okay, I'm out now. The music's supposed to stop, remember? Okay. Right? Out here, man, there's struggles, right? He's ordinary Clark Kent. But then he would go into this, this phone booth, and in, something, something would happen inside the phone booth, right? He would rip off his clothes, and somehow his clothes would magically reappear at his apartment. But he would take off his clothes, right? And he would come out. I'm, I know some of you are like, where's the blue tights? That's not happening, all right? I asked my wife, and she was like, nah, no blue tights, okay? Maybe we'll get Jonathan up here next week to play the part of Superman. But, um, and he would come out Superman, right? And he would save the day. And the question that we ask today is, where are all of the supermen? Where are all of the guys that are willing to go and get away in their prayer closet and come out changed? Where are all the guys that are willing to take a moment and say, you know what, there's some things happening in my family right now. There's some things that, 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 are, that are taking place in, in, in my, my job or in my finance, or there's some stuff happening, and then they would get away in their they would get away in their prayer closet. They would get away in their prayer closet. There it is, right? And, and something would happen inside of there. Something would happen inside of there where they would come out absolutely transformed. And as you know, the show, Superman would save the day. And so it's my prayer over the next several weeks that, that we could just go into some discussion and maybe even challenge you, and obviously not just the men, but challenge the church to find that place where we could get away and realize where our strength comes from, that our strength comes from a connection with him. Amen? Let me read you a, a, a passage here, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 3, um, that just kind of breaks this down for us. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 3, and it says this, be imitators of me, okay? And I love what Paul says here as he's writing to the church of Corinth. He doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say imitate me because that would be a scary thing if it was just imitating a man, right? It would be a scary thing if it was just imitating Paul. But look, he qualifies it as I am of Christ. So imitate me only as I imitate Christ. As I follow Christ, so I want to challenge you to follow Christ me. Now now read on. Now I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain, uh, uh, excuse me, maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. Now verse three, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of the wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. Where are all the men that know how to lead? 
Follow me as I follow Christ. By the way, the head of every man, if you want to be a superman, must be Christ. And if Christ is your head, then okay, women, you know what? Your husband, the men in the church, they're the head of you. And see, here's what I've noticed is that a lot of men will come and they'll say, man, I don't know, my marriage is struggling and my wife just won't submit to me. Yes, I have these conversations with people. And my first question back to them is always this, are you submitted to Christ? Because I wouldn't want things to be out of order here. If you submit to Christ, listen to me, it's easy for a woman to submit to that man who submitted to Christ. Amen? And look, it follows it, but yet God is the head of Christ. God, Christ, man, wife, woman. And, and I, yet I feel like somehow because of, yeah, maybe a little bit because of Hollywood, maybe because of media, maybe because of society, maybe because of those things, maybe a little bit that's played into it. Or could it be that Hollywood is just painting a picture of what they're seeing? Well, we'll answer the question. We'll answer that. What has happened to the Superman? What has happened to them? As I was studying, I came across 50 things that supermen or real men don't do. We're going to look at 10 of them today, okay? Let's pull up the first one, okay? Real men, what supermen don't do, okay, because this is where you get your man card revoked, all right? How many guys have ever had your man card revoked? Don't raise your hand, all right? That's one thing that real men don't do. You don't admit that your man card's been revoked, okay? Now, I came across these, and this was, this was a dad at his, at his kid's baseball game, and he heard, um, um, you know, the kids swung. And now, this is probably one of the, the greatest, like, uh, insults you can get as a kid and even as a man, right? The kids swung and missed, and the other kid looked at him and says, stop swinging like a girl. Now, I know that, ladies, you might think, like, what's wrong with that? As a man, come on, guys, play your man card right now. You know that's one of the greatest insults as a man. You throw the football like a girl. It's true. None of the guys are going to admit it because they're sitting next to their wives right now, but, okay? And so he heard that, and he thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to go find out what other things real men don't do. And so he went around asking all these people at his baseball game, hey, give me one thing that real men don't do. So here's, I'm going to give you 10 of them today. Number one, start drama. They avoid it, right? That's maybe guys you want to take note right there, okay? Real men don't start drama, all right? We leave that up to the other gender. Anyway, move around. Number two. What? Hey, we had Wonder Woman series last month, all right? Not my fault you missed it, okay? Number two, wear earrings in both ears. Now, if you're here today, I know you're like, like, oh, okay? I just want to clarify something. I didn't write these, all right? I'm just communicating them to you, okay? Wear earrings. I know I'll hear from my wife later. She's going to be upset with me, but, okay? Number three. Order drinks that come with umbrellas. Okay? Knock it off. Number four. Let their wives or their children run the family. Number five. Shave their legs, back, chest, arms, unless they are a triathlete. Okay? All right? Unless you're out there, unless you ran in the rock and roll marathon this morning, knock it off. Okay? Number six. Hinder their emotions. Real men cry. Okay? I didn't say bring up number eight yet. Number eight, hey. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Hinder their emotions. Real men cry. Number eight. 
dye their hair, they rock their gray strands. Okay. Got one amen. Okay. Now, some people have accused me of dyeing my hair. Okay, but I just want to call, you can ask my wife, I have never dyed my hair, okay? I've actually been praying for gray hair lately. True, because um, some people think I'm too young to be a pastor, okay? So I've actually been praying for gray hair, and me and my wife haven't even talked about dying it gray, all right? But, so when they go gray, now I'm not saying I won't dye it, okay? I'm just saying I haven't yet. Number nine, number nine, wear pinky rings, Number 10, wear nail, pol- nail polish, including clear coats, all right? Now, I have a confession to make for me and Caleb, okay? <laughs> I, I just got one confession, then yes, we will read the Bible today, because I don't want to review on Yelp about designer coffee and not reading the Bible, but I went to Columbia to marry Caleb and Joe to do their wedding, and when we were there, um, someone had an idea, hey, all of the groomsmen should go get, go get uh, manicures, okay? So yes, Caleb and I went with all the groomsmen and got manicures, okay? All right, I'm, I'm owning up, I'm fessing up right now, okay? And we did get clear coats put on our nails, all right? And I must say, they looked pretty good, but... Um, yeah, it looked good. Let's go, let's go into the telephone booth. Turn in your Bibles to Judges. We're going to look at one of the superheroes of the Bible. And a lot of people might not think of him as a superhero or as a superman, but he was. And if you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and you were to read about the great walk of faith or the great hall of faith, and talks about all these great men of faith, and this man is actually mentioned in that passage. Many men of faith, and these to me are supermen, these to me are superheroes, and this guy's name is Samson. But the minute I mention Samson, a lot of you think about the other part, Samson and Delilah, yeah, okay? And if you've ne- you weren't grown up in church, you may have still heard that before. And so you might be thinking to yourself, well, Samson, how was he a, a superman? How was he a superhero? Um, I want to read through this, and uh, we're going to see some things about Samson. Not only did Samson have great feats, and not only was he a superman, but he also had some kryptonite. He also had a demise. He also had some, some, some failures that eventually came to his ruin, but even in his ruin, God redeemed him and used him uh, to judge the nation of Israel and bring judgment upon the Philistines. Judges chapter 13, we're going to skip around a bit, going to give you some stuff today. Are you with me? Lord, help us right now, pray. As we read your word and as we just uh, take the next 10, 15 minutes to study it, look at it, and walk away, uh, God, uh, encouraged, challenged. Um, Lord, I pray for all the men in this place. God, I pray that we would rise up and, Lord, we would be the men that you're calling us to be, that we would find those times we could escape into those prayer closets. God, so many men were changed in caves and in, 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 in confining moments, and they rose out supermen. They rose out superheroes. Lord, I pray for all the men of Canvas Church that, God, for the next five weeks we would be challenged and we would come out superheroes, dads, men, businessmen on the other side. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Judges chapter one, start, uh, 13, excuse me, starting in verse 1. It's about the birth of Samson. It says, And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Sin? 
judgment from God, okay? Every time that Israel sinned in the Bible, God would judge their sin, oftentimes by giving them over to the hand of the enemy. And in this case, it's the Philistines. Verse two, there was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. It's amazing how many times in Scripture that God comes to the impossible ones. God comes to the circumstances and the situations and says, Hey, look, you're barren. Watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a miracle out of you and raise up a leader out of that. Verse 4. Therefore, be careful. And drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For behold, now I want you to hear this, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, a man. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. Now listen to this. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. The very reason why God shows up to this woman, to this man, and says you're gonna have a son, the very reason was to bring a superman, a hero, to the nation of Israel. This person that I'm gonna raise up, this person that's gonna be born to you, they are going to deliver Israel from the enemy. Now jump with me further down to verse 24. Verse 24 And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in whatever that place is, between those two places. I know you might have been looking for something deeper than that, but you didn't get it, all right? The Spirit of the Lord began to stir Samson. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. If we were to read through, because Judges 13 to Judges 16 talk really three chapters about the life of Samson, then he's obviously mentioned in the New Testament in Hebrews 11 as one of the great men of faith. And if we were to read through this, this is what you would see about his life. You would see some great feats, and you would see his great demise, or his kryptonite, if you will, for the series. Here are some of his great feats. Now check this out, and you tell me if he's not a real man. One of them is this, he tears a lion open with his bare hands. That's a man. All right? To, to catch a lion alone is pretty significant, but then to rip the thing open with your hands? Come on, somebody. That's pretty amazing, right? Uh, he tells some crazy riddles <laughs> and, and has people try to figure them out. Now, why did I throw that one in there? Because this spoke that he wasn't just, you know, a strong man, but he was an intelligent man, okay? He was strong, he was intelligent, he tore lions open, he told riddles, Okay? Listen to this one. He defeated, and by defeated I mean killed, 30 men at one time. Rambo style right there. Are you kidding me? 30 dudes. It's pretty impressive. Once again, with his bare hands, right? No guns, right? Uh, this one's pretty cool. He got upset at some people, and so he thought, I'm going to go catch myself 300 foxes. And by foxes, I mean animals, all right? We're not talking about, anyway. <laughs> he caught 300 foxes. And you know what he did? He tied their tails together with torches. I don't know how long this took, but that's a pretty impressive thing right there. <laughs> Lit the torches and then chewed the foxes into the camp of the Philistines and 
burnt down their, their fields. Pretty impressive. That's a man. How many of you guys have ever actually even seen a fox? I mean, foxes are supposed to be sly, right? 300 of them. Listen to this one. He got really ticked off and killed 1,000 men with a jawbone of a donkey. True story in the Bible. 1,000. I don't know, I don't even know how that works. Right? I don't know if you just start spinning with the jawbone or what. Like, I mean, I guess it's shaped like a boomer. I don't know. Like, he's taking people out, man. It's pretty impressive. Okay? He judged and ruled Israel for 20 years. And at one point, he got so upset at his enemy that he literally, and I don't know if you can, you know, imagine back in the day, they'd have these huge gates around their city. He got so mad that he went and ripped the gates and their posts off the wall and carried him up a hill and just dumped them. Dude was, dude was a real man, right? But what we see that in his lifespan, not only was he used by God to be a hero, but he had a demise, he had a downfall, he had some kryptonite. And uh, in, the, in these three chapters, we see him with three different women, and his problem uh, was this, is that he always chose women that would sell him out, okay? And thus was the downfall of his life. Let's read it right here in Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, starting in verse 1. And it says this, And Samson went to Gaza, and there he saw a prostitute, and he went in to her. The Gazites were told, Samson has come here. And they surrounded the place and set an ambush for him, all night at the gate of the city. They kept quiet all night, saying, let us wait until light of the morning, then we'll go in and kill him. But Samson lay till midnight, and at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the posts and pulled them up, like it was no big deal, and put them on his shoulders and carried them onto the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. Verse four. After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Now notice, I know we think of Samson, we think of Delilah. Samson, he wasn't all that great. I mean, he gave himself over to Delilah. And I know that some people would talk about Samson and Delilah, and they talk about how Samson had a problem with lust. That's not what the Bible says. The story of Samson and Delilah is not a story of lust. The story of Samson and Delilah, as we see in the Bible, was Samson loved her. And through this love, ended up compromising his faith, his morals, his values. But it wasn't a story about lust. It was a story about, about love. And so he, he, he marries this woman. And now this woman, and I will just, for time's sake, just kind of paraphrase it. Now this woman begins to come to him because of the pressure of the Philistines and comes and says, hey, tell me where you get your strength. And, and he would tell her a, a, a story that wasn't true and she would do it and they would come in and try to capture him. He would rise up and defeat them all. Dun, 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 right? And again, it would happen, and she would say, come on, tell me where your strength comes from. He would tell her, and, and it wasn't true, and he would do, she would do it, and once again, boom, he would defeat them all. This happened several times till finally we see in Scripture that he comes to this place where, where Delilah comes to him and says, listen, you've made a fool of me, and you won't share your heart with me. And the Bible says that now Samson opens up and bears and gives all of his heart to her, and in so doing, begins to tell her where his strength comes from. And now we see Samson is actually captured. Let's read uh, chapter 16, verse 15 to 22. And she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? 
You have mocked me these three times, and you have not told me where your strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. We talked about this last week, Wonder Woman. It's better to to get on the house, a rooftop, than to be with a contentious woman. Okay? And now his soul is vexed to death. And he told her all his heart and said to her, a razor has never come upon my head. This dude not only was strong and smart, he had some bad hair. Come on, somebody. For I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. My head is shaved and my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she went and called of the lords, the Philistines, saying, come up again, for he has told me all of his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came to her and brought the money and gave it to her. She made him sleep on her knees, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. And when she began to torment him, and his strength left him, and she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. And the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles and, and around the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it was shaved. And if you read on in the story, you see this. You see that Samson now begins to call out to God once again, Because something happens in these moments of devastation. He begins to call it once again, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. And in that moment, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, if you know the story, they have him put his hands against the pillars. He pushes those pillars, and he brings down the whole entire house. And the Bible says, in that moment, he killed more people in that one moment than he did all his life. Now think about how many people he killed. Think about the judgment he brought on them. This man started out as a superhero which I believe is, is God's intention for, for most of us in this place. I believe God desires for you to be men of faith, supermen, that, that you would rise up and you would cover your families, pray for your families, fight for your families, cry with your families, love your families. But a lot of times something happens through the process of life. Some things happen, and we see it happen here with Samson, that he started off a strong man. He started off with the spirit of the Lord that would come upon him. But we see what happens when Samson is taken out of the picture. When Samson is taken out of the picture, here's what happens. The enemy begins to rule the city. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, we look around culture today and we see the things that are happening. We see what's happening on school campuses. We see what's happening uh, in in our economy financially. That it's not going to be fixed by coming up with a great financial plan. It's not going to be fixed by instituting more more safety measures at schools. The way the problems in society are going to be fixed is as men of faith, men of God, begin to rise up and begin to go back to their prayer closets and begin to go back to where their strength comes from and begin to live that out in culture. That's where change is going to come from. That's where change is going to come from in the family unit. That's where change is going to come from in culture. That's where change is going to come from. Here, Samson is raised up to judge and to rule, and he does so for 20 years. Has his problems. Not only did he have some great feats, but he had some kryptonite. We see that kryptonite ultimately bring him down. But even God redeems him in that moment and uses him to bring judgment on the nation of Israel. Makes me think about dads. Makes me think about men. And how many stories probably sitting in this room about 
maybe your life and how you grew up and, and your dad, even though maybe he was there, he was a non-existent dad. Or maybe he was an abusive dad. Maybe he was an angry father. Maybe he was just so busy with business and things that how much of an effect that had on you and how much of an effect that still has on children today. Think about how that's affected my own, my own family with my wife. And how sometimes when the men are absent, the roles that other people in the family have to play. But you see, when men are absent, when those, when those father figures, those dads, those heroes of faith are absent, men of faith are absent, what happens is this, and I'll just, I'll just read it to you here. There is no victory, there's no hope, there's no peace, there's no joy, and chaos runs rampant in society. The very reason why Samson, a man of faith, according to Hebrews 11, was raised up on the scene was to bring order to the nation of Israel. And when he was ruling and reigning, there was order. But when he began to give in to compromise and he was taken out of the picture, the enemy began to rule in the city once again. I want to look at these things real quickly and we'll be done today. What, super, what supermen need to do? And in so talking about this, really answer the question, what has happened to the supermen of today. Some things that supermen need to know. Number one, we see here in Scripture, you need to know your kryptonite. As God's people, not just men, but I'm talking to men right now, we need to know our kryptonite. Samson had it, and every time he gave into it, something happened. As men, we need to understand, we need to identify what it is and we need to run from it. There's a reason why the Bible talks about flee youthful lust. Submit to God, resist the devil. Okay? As men, we need to identify what is it in our life that here we are and we're doing good, like Samson, and we're making progress, and we're, we're in our rightful place, and we're in our rightful position. What is it that we give ourselves to sin that begins to cripple us? Think about the scene that we just watched right before I started preaching, right? That scene of that, that, that kryptonite that totally crippled him, took him out. What is it in your life? Is it anger? Rage? Maybe it's, maybe it's pornography. Some sort of lust. What is it that you begin to give yourself over to as men that begin to break down your faith, and ultimately break down where your power comes from. I think this is something, we can, here's the thing, is we can preach nice, fluffy messages every single week, but nice, fluffy messages are great for Wonder Woman series. <laughs> right? Sometimes we just need to get out the Rambo knife and say, hey guys, come on, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna cut some bullets out right now. And then we're going to stitch you up with some fishing wire. I mean, that's manly right there, right? I, I can't answer that question for you guys, but, but what is it in your life that is not allowing you to go to the next level, that is not allowing you to be a superman in the faith, that is not allowing you to lead your families, not allowing you to find a woman if you're single? What is it in your life right now that is keeping you from going to the next place? What is it? 
You need, you need to have a moment with God and just, just like David prayed and said, hey, search me, oh God. Find that thing inside of me and remove it far from me because I, I want your presence upon me. I want your spirit upon me. What is it as men? We need to know our kryptonite. Is it porn? Is it anger? Is it money? Is it, is it lack of confidence? Is it alcohol? What sins take you out of the picture and away from the, the presence of God? And listen to me. Listen to me. I, 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 I know that sometimes even our preaching sometimes caters to the opposite gender. But listen to me. Can I talk to some dudes for a minute? Because listen to me. You don't, need a, you don't need a couch to kick your feet back onto and some dude to talk to, to analyze your problem. You know what I love about the Superman movies is even if you watch this one, the 2006 one, even in that moment, man, he fights back. I love what Samson does, even in his weak moment, realizing the presence of God has left him. He doesn't stand there continuing to plow day after day, saying, oh, man, life sucks. Man, I shouldn't have gave in to my kryptonite. Man, what is this thing with me choosing bad women? It's probably my mama's fault. It's because she was a bad woman. My daddy would have been a better chooser of women than I could probably be a better chooser of women. Right? Man, I wish they would have taught me sex, Ed, and I could, you know. You don't see him doing that. Matter of fact, when you look at the men of faith of the Bible, you know what you see them doing? You see them in those moments, in those situations, realizing that the only person they have to blame is themselves. Rather than pointing the finger at, well, if I would have had a different dad, if I would have had a different mom, if I would have been raised in a different city, uh, if I would have went to a different church, if my pastor would have been a little more passionate preacher, if this, if this, if this, they would have put me on the right meds, then get off the meds. Unless you're prescribed, do what the doctor said. But um, I don't want any lawsuits. Let's see to caption that real quickly. Don't you love the commercials for this stuff nowadays? Hey, get this and it'll cure this, but here's the side effects. You might die, you know? But listen to me. I love what Samson does because even with his eyes gouged out in the face of his enemies, He rises up and he begins to call out to God once again and God strengthens him and he defeats in probably one of his biggest demises, his biggest compromises, his biggest struggles, he defeats the enemy. Listen to me, men. God created you differently than women. God created you with the ability to rise up in the face of adversity and begin to fight, not draw back. God created you with that God-given ability to say, you know what, if I have to, I'll go grab a gun and take somebody out. Don't go grab a gun and take somebody out. (laughs) You might want to, but just don't. Listen, what happened to the men that knew how to fight in the face of adversity? Why then go go crawl up on their, their wife's lap and start bawling? I know, I'll hear from you later, but. Remember, Rambo knife, all right? Fishing wire. What happened to some dudes? I could just rise up, because that's the way God created us to be. That's the way. Now listen to me. My, my dad, he was a very emotional person. And I actually am too. <laughs> my wife's toughened me up a little bit. I'm just kidding. I want to admit that in a man series. But you know what? My dad modeled for me what it was to be a man and how to provide 
for a house, how to treat, how he treated my mom, showed me how to treat my wife, how he treated me as a child, showed me how to treat my children. And in the face of adversity, knew exactly where to go. Knew exactly where to go. I can't tell you how many times that I found my dad kneeling either in his bedroom by that rocking chair or kneeling out in the living room by that, I don't even know what you call it, recliner, yeah. Just praying, seeking God. And that, that, that to me is probably one of the best sights ever is to walk out every single morning. I kid you not, every morning, Bible in his lap, or kneeling, praying. Honestly, I think one of the greatest things we can do as, as men's parents is teach our kids how to love Jesus. We gotta know our kryptonite. And we gotta buck up and we gotta fight back. That's well, not my fault, man. I just can't stop looking at the pictures. Get rid of the computer. Well, I don't look at it on a computer. I look at it on my phone. Get a phone that you can't go on the internet with. Well, but, 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 but then, but then, yeah, but then you won't look at porn anymore. Bing. It's quiet. I thought I'd be hearing more amens from the ladies in this series, but I don't know. No, you kryptonite, what is it that's taking you out? I gotta move quickly. Number two. Number two, supermen know their powers and their abilities. Supermen know their powers and abilities. And supermen love long-winded preachers. Yeah. Powers and abilities. If you go and you read about, about Superman's powers, man, he has a bunch of them, right? He can fly. He's really strong. Uh, he has, like, x-ray vision, and he can do stuff. It's pretty cool, right? Samson, he was, he was multi-talented. This guy was very smart. He was very strong. He knew when the enemy was coming, so he woke up a minute. He, 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 was, he had some powers, he had some ability. As men, we need to understand, I'm going to hear some amens from the ladies on this one, I know I am, okay? Because I believe this is what women are looking for in men. One of the powers you have, men, and it is somewhat lacking, is the power of confidence. The power of, I see, I heard a bunch of ladies say amen right there. Is the power of confidence. Now, this is not in the Bible, but there's this old saying it goes like this. Confidence is your ticket to anywhere. And you know, it's, it's pretty true. I mean, you just, I'm telling you, just try it, but then actually go buy and back and buy the, buy the ticket, okay? But just go to the next place that requires a ticket to go in and just walk in confident like you just own the place. And then, trust me, and then actually go back and pay, all right? I don't want you to, you know. Confidence. Remember, the Bible says this in Proverbs 28.1. That the righteous are as bold as lions. Oh, man, that's cool. But what's happened is, is we're not righteous because kryptonite has taken us out, and so therefore we don't have the confidence. That's what's happened. You want to know what's happened to the Superman? What's happened to the Superman is, is rather than taking responsibility for our own actions, we stand up here and we say, well, it's, the, it's Hollywood's fault, it's the media's fault. Look at the way they portray men. 
I mean, they portray us that way, so women treat us that way, and I don't think so. I think you should buck up in the face of adversity and show a woman what a real man looks like. They have confidence. Why? Because they're living righteous, because they, they know their kryptonite and they, they, they avoid it. Power of confidence. What's another one you have? The power of passion. The power of passion. I believe one of the most attractive qualities a man can have is passion. I heard some amens to the ladies again. The dude's out here scribbling down notes, like, okay. You're passionate, right? Passionate about what? Passionate about whatever you're doing. If, if you're working, passionate about going to work. Not getting up in the morning like, oh, man, I hate my job, man. It's like, gosh, it sucks. I hate going, man. It's just such a drag, man. I wish I had a different job. It's like. Get a different job. Right? But, man, when you wake up, say, man, I cannot wait to go to work. That's awesome. Passion. Passion about your family if you have one. Passionate about your wife if you're married. Passionate about your church if you're not yet married. Okay? Passion. Passion. There's something so attractive about passion. When you do something with passion, remember I used to tell, and I bet I was a youth pastor for 13 years, and I used to tell young people this because the lack of passion just, it like, honestly, it, 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 it makes me angry. Okay? And so I used to tell my young people that would come into this lackadaisical, whatever, I'd say, look, if you're going to sin, at least be passionate about it. If you're not going to do any, if I can't get you to do this and you're going to sin, at least be passionate about it, would you? Seriously. Just because there's something about passion that just, man, passion for your wife, passion for your future, passion for your life. The power of leadership. The power of leadership it is, it is your God-given position to lead. Whether you want to or not, whether you feel it or not, it is your God-given men position to lead. To lead businesses, to lead churches, to lead ministries, to lead your wife, to lead your children. That's what you're called to do. That's what you're called to do. Don't complain about your circumstance. Lead your family through it. Don't complain about all these things. No, lead your family through it. Lead. Lead with passion. Lead with confidence. And let me just give you one. Can I give you one more? Okay, because real men like long-winded preachers. It will end right here. Just write this thought down, and we'll go there next week. Uh, supermen need to know where their strength comes from. Let me just give you this last one under power and abilities. The power of vision. The power of vision. The power of vision. Vision speaks to leadership. Vision speaks to passion. Vision speaks to confidence. Vision's powerful. Vision's powerful. Vision is powerful. Vision is so powerful that the very first thing they did when they captured Samson was gouge out his eyes. Vision is so powerful that the Bible says in Proverbs that without a vision, the people cast off restraint and there's chaos. Without vision, the people cast off everything else and they run carelessly. 
Vision, men, is one of the most powerful things that you can possess and one of the most powerful things you can use to lead your family. Vision, vision, vision. Vision is so powerful that the Bible says this in Acts 2.17, referencing Joel chapter 3, that in the last days your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. That's how powerful vision is. This is what I believe with all my heart. Vision is so powerful. But look what the Bible says about men. As men, you're the visionary. Old men dreaming dreams. Young men getting visions. Vision is so powerful that the Bible says if there is none, there's chaos in society. Why is there chaos in our culture and in society today? Because there's a lack of vision. Why is there a lack of vision? Because there's a lack of visionaries. Why is there a lack of visionaries? Because they've been giving themselves over to their kryptonite. And if men would rise up and start, stop, stop complaining about circumstance and situation and start walking through it and start dealing with some stuff in their life, then guess what? They begin to get some vision again. And as they begin to give that vision, come on, people would cast, people would no longer cast off restraint, but they would begin to live within the confines of a God-given prophetic vision for culture, for society, and for their life. What's happened to the supermen? They've given themselves over to kryptonite. They've given themselves over to sin. They've compromised. Because of that, there's a lack of vision. Because of a lack of vision, there's chaos in our culture. See, if you take it back to the root, the key is not getting a great vision. The key is getting great men. Because where there's great men, there's great vision. And where there's great vision, there's great leadership. And where there's great leadership, there's peace. There's joy. There's hope. There's life. God, thank you so much for your word today. God, I thank you that your word is amazing. Hallelujah. Lord, I I thank you that your word, honestly, it brings life. God, your word challenges us and brings hope. Do me a favor, just close your eyes, and I want to pray specifically for a couple groups of people here. And then I want the ushers to get ready. We're going to pass some buckets and give of our tithes and our offerings. But first and foremost, I want to pray for some men here. I want to encourage you to be at every one of these messages. They won't all go till 11.35, but... But you're a man here today, and I want to address the men. We address the ladies in the Wonder Woman series. And listen to me, ladies, we're going to address you too through this series. But I want to talk to some men real quick. You are called to lead. You are created to lead. You were designed to lead. You were designed. Believe it or not, you were designed in such a way that you can handle more physical pain at times. Emotional pain at times. Why? Because as a man, we're supposed to be out on the front fighting the battle for our families, for our futures, for our churches, for society. But we've given ourselves over to some compromises. And I'm telling you, I, feel, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants, this, wants you to hear this. 
that if you would be willing to surrender right now your compromise, you'd be willing to surrender right now your kryptonite, you'd be willing to say, hey, you know what? I'm surrendering this thing right now. That you're gonna feel the spirit of God begin to rush back upon your life and you're gonna begin to get a great vision once again. And that vision will give you greater confidence, that vision will give you greater passion, and that vision will give you greater leadership. Don't let another day go by. Don't let another moment go by. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.